0: Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush.
1: Back for another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all the guys, Roger and John and Neil, myself, Bob. Uh, No, we are not broadcasting from Martha's Vineyard. They just, you know, they just wouldn't send us there. Keep asking for our uh, plane tickets, but you know what? We'll see. Maybe someday uh, we will be traumatized in the same way that these migrants were. Right now, though, we're going to talk about California and this AB 2098. Uh, this California bill that would make it illegal for doctors to spread what is considered COVID misinformation, but of course, just considered misinformation by the liberal left and the Fauci crowd. Uh, This is a very significant bill because if this becomes law in California, it moves us into a new chilling age of censorship where now uh, things that doctors can say to their patients in private would now be affected. we've already seen what California's done regarding uh, pastors and counselors and homosexuality, unwanted same sex attraction, transgenderism, and the duct tape being put over counselors' mouths in private sessions with people. But now you're talking about your medical doctor and the government telling your medical doctor what you're allowed to say. So uh, to explain everything about AB 2098 out in California, Roger Marsh, of course, of the bottom line from the People's Republic of California. Uh, Roger, I know you're all over this out there, so help us understand. Give us a little bit of AB 2098-101.
2: What is this? Well, the bill, quite frankly, is a bill that is designed to stop the spread of misinformation, quote-unquote, I mean, in terms of what happens here. And it's very interesting because you look at the way the bill is set up. Uh, It says the legislature finds and declares the following. I'll read excerpts from it. The global spread right. of the SARS, COVID uh, coronavirus and COVID-19 has claimed the lives of six million people worldwide, nearly 90,000 Californians. Now we can refute that one easily. Data from the Federal Centers for the S- Center for Disease Control and Prevention shows that unvaccinated individuals are at risk of dying from COVID 11 times greater than those who are fully vaccinated. Again, that's fully refutable, but this is in the law. The safety and efficacy of COVID nineteen vaccines have been confirmed through evaluation by the FDA, and the vaccines oh, continue to undergo intense safety monitoring by the CDC. Th- this is in the law. This is in the. That's the- all oh, a lie. I know. Oh it's my all goodness! Lie. You're
1: talking about misinformation,
2: right? I mean, it's it's uh. really it, it's truly remarkable. And then it goes on to talk about you know major news outlets reporting that the most dangerous propagators of inaccurate information are licensed healthcare professionals. Now we've all talked to people from. Uh, america's frontline doctors and other places too who have successfully treated people who wound up getting covid and sought treatment but this is in the california state lingo and oh by the way it shall constitute unprofessional conduct for a physician or surgeon to disseminate misinformation or disinformation related to covid19 including false and misleading information regarding the nature and risks of the virus its prevention and treatment the development safety effectiveness of vaccines So basically, what may happen, and it says, it's possible that a physician may lose his or her license for actually disseminating the misinformation. This is the bill that is on Governor Newsom's desk right now. It's gone through state assembly. It went through state senate. It went through committees to go ahead and do the amendments. All of that was voted. It was presented to Governor Newsom on September 1st, and he has until the end of the month to do something about it. That's the short version of what AB 2019 is all about.
1: Okay, now we, uh, we are recording this episode before he has signed it, so we don't know at this point if he has signed it. Uh, by time this is listened to by our listeners, we may know whether he has signed it or officially decided not to, but at this point, what are you hearing, Roger? Is his intention to sign it? Has he spoken on this at all?
2: Well, you know, it's interesting, because as everyone's trying to read the tea leaves about how COVID is going to impact the election, because let's make no mistake about it, this is election year propaganda, and the Democrats are in no danger of losing any kind of majority in the People's Republic. California has had a Democratic supermajority for years. I mean, even though we've had some fairly decent Republican governors over the past 20, 30 years, Pete Wilson, George DuMage, I mean, even Arnold Schwarzenegger as a rhino was a better... Option than any mm-hmm. of the Democrats that we've had recently, but the idea now that you've got I mean, you've got 80 seats in the Assembly, 40 seats in the Senate, and there's well over a two third majority. So these basically any of these bills are are veto proof. I mean, even if Governor Newsom were to somehow veto the bill um or let it go unsigned so it just goes ahead and gets enacted it's all campaign stuff i mean it's all campaign propaganda and the problem that they're running into right now is they've been trying to impose mask mandates and in indoor facilities all throughout l.a county they've been trying to manufacture that even though the president of the united states says the pandemic is over uh... In california they're not so sure about that and then of course there's the issue of kids and vaccines and which we're, we're i know we're just kind of scratching the surface generally here too but there's one component of this bill that has a kid and vaccine part uh, that is, is pretty sinister here in the People's Republic. But in all honesty, guys, it's been happening for such a long time. We we look at a bill like AB twenty ninety eight and say, man, it's far for the course. I mean, it really honestly <laughs> is in terms of what has happened in the vaccination end of the equation. How par- little rights parents actually have. The only saving grace is the number of younger people who are no longer in public schools, and that's causing a bit of a panic. But the, the, the bottom line, quite frankly, is AB 2098 is a power grab that we've not seen in the People's Republic before, and if it does happen here, it's only a matter of time before it finds its way to Detroit and to Buffalo and to Denver. All
1: right, this is really scary. We have a lot to unpack regarding this, and we're going to, throughout the rest of uh, this episode, uh, we're going to get John in here in just a moment. And by the way, when we're talking about medical misinformation, this bill's related to COVID. But I guarantee you this is going to spread to a whole lot of other areas of so-called misinformation. It could be misinformation regarding the whole transgenderism movement. It can certainly be misinformation regarding the whole abortion question, okay? What's really considered life? What's really not considered life? I'm, I'm telling you, there's a lot to talk about here. And one of the things that I do want to ask everybody listening to us right now, when you listen to this podcast, you hear us talking about preborn. All the time. Preborn is a pro-life organization that partners with pro-life pregnancy centers all across the country to show ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms because those moms will choose life statistically 80% of the time when they see an unborn that when they see an ultrasound image of their unborn baby. That's why it's so important to get these images in front of these moms, Uh, but it does take money to do this. $28 is the average cost to save one baby's life, to stop one abortion. And so we're asking everybody in the audience to make a one time donation to preborn of at least $280 to save 10 babies' lives. Would you prayerfully consider doing that? Today, 100% of your donation goes to Fund Ultrasounds, 0% for overhead. It's a nice tax write-off for you, too. There's two different ways you can do this, folks. You can right now go online to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn tab. That's CrawfordMediaGroup.net click on pre-born and you can donate right there online. Or you can donate over the phone and they answer the phone's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Here's the number, 833-850-BABY and you can call right now. But uh, donate what you can. If you can do $2,800, then that would be 100 babies lives that you would end up saving. So what is that number that you can do? Go right now, CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the Preborn tab, and we appreciate you folks uh, getting involved in in the stopping of abortions in this country. Right now, we're talking about AB 2098 out of California that would make it, in essence, a crime for doctors to spread what the liberal left calls misinformation. And so, Roger, thank you for laying out for us uh, a picture of what AB 2098 does. Let's analyze this now. Uh, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. First of all, John, I got to say, this is just par for the course it seems for the liberal left the way that they operate in this country is we don't believe in diversity of thought we don't believe in debate Uh, if we can't win the argument with you then we will just pass legislation, do whatever we do to censor you, to silence you, to keep you from being able to contradict whatever it is that we believe. This is a typical liberal left-wing attitude.
3: Very much so, and I said it on my program the other day. This is another, uh, another proof that, and we said it last week talking about Martha's Vineyard, the reality is they don't care about people, because if they did, they would want discourse, you would want to figure certain things out, especially medically, which we'll get into some of that, but honestly, Bob, before we do that, Roger told me something prior to us coming on the podcast today, which I did not know, and Roger, if you've got a second, explain to everybody the background of the individuals that brought this into California, and what they've also done prior, and by the way, will most likely do again.
2: Yeah, well, actually, and this is a classic case of them. One of the chief architects of AB 2098 is a guy called Evan Lowe. He's one of the youngest guys in the assembly, one of the first Asians to hold a uh, Asian Americans to hold a high-ranking position out of Northern California. And about four years ago, Evan Lowe was the mastermind behind a bill called AB 2943 and AB 2943 was designed to go after, and I'm putting a air quotes for the video here, uh, gay conversion therapy. And basically they wanted to ban anyone trying to do any sort of gay conversion therapy. And so the idea was if you're a Christian counselor someone comes to you and says I have unwanted same-sex attraction, can you please help me with counseling and things like that. Basically what this would do is it would shut them down in the sense that it would make it illegal to profit off of this. You couldn't take a fee for it, you'd have to do it all strictly volunteer. But there were some tentacles in AB 2943 that also would extend to churches, for example. Uh, anyone who, if you, any kind of literature that was published, uh, it, that's the way it was described. So any kind of video, any book, any kind of pamphlet material that would talk about how you could lose your unwanted same-sex attraction <laughs> desires, um, that also then it did not disclude the Bible, I mean quite frankly, I mean so ba- basically if a church hosts a seminar. And the seminar, they're charging 10 bucks a head for people to come in. They're talking about things, and they use Bible verses. All of a sudden, now the church is in contempt of violating 2943. And so there was, we were faced with the very real possibility about four years ago of having a state-sponsored Bible, really, basically, because there are translations that will kind of whitewash over some of those different issues. But inexplicably, right around Labor Day 2018, uh, Evan Lowe and his group decided to pull the bill They didn't think they had enough support for it. I think they realized that if they crossed that line and gave legislators the opportunity to start censoring books like the Bible, they'd be in big trouble. But it's not the first time they've tried this. Also, Richard Pan, who's a local pediatrician, who boggles my mind how somebody who's dedicated their lives and service to the care uh, and improving of the health of young children, I mean, literally from birth right on up through those elementary years. This is guy he's one of the most pro abortion members of the California State Assembly and he's also been on the warpath for mandatory vaccines. He's been fighting for years since he's been in the assembly to do everything he possibly can to eliminate any exemption that a parent might have religious health-wise or otherwise, on the vaccine front. So you can see how these kind of go hand in glove, because if it's now we're going to stop the spread of quote-unquote disinformation. And oh, by the way, we've got a couple million of these doses back here of the so-called vaccine. And by all means, let's make sure that kids get them too. And Bob, as you've duly noted, the the infection rate, maybe the positive test rate for kids, versus the mortality rate, it's in, it's exponentially small. I mean, the fact that kids really aren't at risk of this type of thing yet they're creating a crisis wherever they can. And by the way, they've also put a provision in AB 2098, before I yield back to the floor here, um, that says that all of the provisions in the act are severable. And legalese, if any provision of this act or application is ruled to be invalid, that invalidity will not affect other provisions in the application. So all these different things we were talking about in terms of what the bill actually does, if a court rules that one part of it, is mm-hmm. not uh, valid that means right. they can still go after you for all the other things and so they they've, they've tried to create something here that will literally cripple us in terms of freedom of speech and i think about the medical professionals who are saying hey look hydroxychloroquine ivermectin z i mean heavy doses of zinc and vitamin d and vitamin c as far as COVID goes those people would now be at risk of losing their medical license and their livelihood and their practices simply because of this bill
1: yeah, John. I, I, I got to tell you, I know it sounds like a cliche, but I, I really don't recognize this country anymore. To, it's to, scary. to see, to see the, the the level that we're going right now, and with this AB twenty ninety eight, uh, it, it, it does seem to me that this is a this is a clear example of we're just going to, in a totalitarian kind of way. Yep. We're going to decide that our view is the only view allowed to be heard, and we know social media already does stuff like this already where they say well we're going to censor or silence anything we disagree with but now we're talking about in the government and te- I mean, honestly look, we've been doing radio for a long time all of us can can any of you John can you even imagine no. if I if, if we were doing this podcast 20 years ago and I said to you in 2022 we're going to be on the verge of having a state in this country telling medical doctors here's what you are and are not allowed to say to your patients even in pre- private consultation. To me, that just blows, I would have never believed
3: it. No, I no, I wouldn't have either. And we've talked about this in the past and how much closer you're getting to a you know, quote unquote state rule. I know there's a lot of folks out there, those on the left that would say that we're crazy and no, we're not. But when you look at these sorts of things, and you mentioned a moment ago what's happening in social media, well, that was the beginning of it. That was the conditioning, I guess you could say, Bob, of what's to come. Now we're moving it from which I believe the social media companies are very much an arm of the state. It's been proven, the conversations Fauci and Zuckerberg had, I mean, they're very much an arm of the state right now. But we're now in California going to take it from, we're going to take it out of the hands. You guys at social media, you're not doing well enough at this. We're going to now step it up a notch, and we're going to now decide whether or not a doctor is saying things they should or shouldn't. We're not going to allow discourse any longer. We're not going to allow doctors to discuss what might be a proper way of treating someone and by the way, what somebody thinks is right versus what somebody else thinks is right is what we've done for years in that community. It's why we're not bloodletting any longer, by the way. I mean, these are the things that we need, especially in the medical community. To me, Bob, this isn't even on the—it would be bad no matter where it's at. It would be bad if right. they were talking about it with us as talk show hosts. But the reality is when you're talking about the health of a society based upon what government thinks is best for them, we are in huge trouble. And by the way, don't
1: think for a second that this is gonna stop John exactly medical doctors it will come to us it will it come will. to this That's podcast right. right. we will be because let's okay let's face it there are certain things that we're not allowed to say over the public airwaves and by the way I understand that like we could not call for you know assassination of the president or we you know we can't do the yell fire in a crowded theater we can't slander and libel I mean there's certain things that we're not allowed to There's certain cuss words we're not allowed to say okay so There are limitations on speech, on free speech, everybody understands that. Don't think for a second that these liberal Democrats are not going to take what they consider to be quote-unquote misinformation and start applying that legally to the yes. public airwaves. Yes. They are going but, you to know, do you, that. You and, I,
3: and, you, you and I both know, Bob, we are going to be one. We are already one of those targets. They're just not quite sure yet right. how to muzzle you, I, Roger, Neal, and those like us. And they know that terrestrial radio, especially when it comes to these particular topics, is their biggest enemy because they don't control anything on the airwaves in that way at all never have i i don't know why but there's very very few if any solid liberal programs on talk radio in this country it just doesn't work i don't know why maybe that's a discussion someday we can get into but bottom line they know that we are their biggest enemy because we do more to disseminate and to cut off them at the knees and they hate that
1: that's right they do and i'll tell you what we, we keep on fighting, but let's not kid ourselves. Uh, America is transforming before our very eyes. We're not the USA anymore. We're becoming the USSA, like the old USSR. And the, the liberal And, and real quick, is, is, but I, know, I
3: know we've got to take a break, but you know, Roger and I, were, again, yeah. we're talking before the, the, the podcast today. A lot of folks out there listening thinking, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's wacky California, land of fruits and nuts. I don't really care. You know, I, I'm in Ohio, or I, I'm in Kentucky, or I'm wherever. And, you know, it doesn't make any difference, folks... Mark my words, Hmm. what happens in California will happen everywhere else as well.
1: Yep. That's right. Yep. And I'm telling you it's it's California, it's the West Coast, it's the Northeast as well, and whatever happens there, it just kind of bleeds That's and spreads right. like cancer through the center of the country. So it is coming, folks. You need to be aware. This is why we need to stand up against this now. And we are going to take a quick break and continue this discussion. But uh before we do, I just want to remind everybody you hear us talking about pre born all the time. If you donated that two hundred, uh if you donated that money already. Already that $280 to save 10 babies' lives, thank you. We appreciate you doing that. If you have not yet, well, I'm gonna twist your arm a little bit because remember, all the th- different things that we spend money on. Okay, we do. I mean, come on, $280. I know for some of you that's a lot of money. I, I get that, I get that. But what does that $280 buy? Here with pre-born, it stops 10 abortions, it saves the lives of 10 babies. Because preborn, remember they partner with pro-life pregnancy centers. They show ultrasound images of these babies to the moms, but that takes money, and the moms choose life when they see ultrasound images. Twenty-eight dollars saves one baby's life; hence, two hundred and eighty dollars saving ten babies' lives. Would you do that right now? Here's how easy it is: just go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the preborn tab. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on preborn, and you can donate right there online, or you can give them a call, twenty-four hours a day at 833-850-BABY and donate right over the phone either way. And by the way, pre-born, just to give you an idea, last year, 2021 alone, they saved the lives of 43,669 babies. And along the way, these moms accepted Jesus Christ, 7,986 of them. That's what your $280 is buying. Is it worth it to you? So go right now, CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the Preborn tab. Let's save some babies' lives together, everybody if you would, as we continue talking about AB 2098 out of California, this bill to ban doctors from spreading quote-unquote misinformation. Uh, Roger, I'm telling you, man, you're, just, you're ruining it for the whole country. You guys out in California, what in the world are you doing to us? Uh, John is absolutely right, Roger. What happens out there in California is going to spread to the rest of the country. Let's do this because we've been talking about the implications, how far wide and reaching they are, and yes, it well, talk radio and everything else. Uh, let me bring it back specifically to COVID quote unquote misinformation for a little bit if we could. Uh, I think about, Roger, the, the differences of opinion that medical doctors have in all kinds of different areas and certainly with COVID as well. Uh, what do you do when you have, if if Dr. Fauci says in March of 2020, on 60 minutes if he says I don't know why anyone would be wearing a mask it's not gonna protect you against COVID and then just a few months later he's like everybody needs to wear two masks Uh, they will protect you if he flip-flops his position on this uh, to me it's very very common sense to realize you're gonna get some medical doctors that agree with early Fauci some medical doctors that agree with later Fauci uh, but now In essence, we're being told whatever Fauci says, whatever the left-wing establishment says, then that has to be the permanent position and nobody's allowed to go against that at all. What do you do? What does a medical doctor do if they want to prescribe ivermectin to somebody and the liberal left says, no, you can't. This doctor is not allowed to do this and now suddenly you have to have whispering conversations with doctors to try to keep him from losing his license?
2: I think one of the issues that doctors are going to have to deal with, and we the people are going to have to deal with too, is if you look in here, you mentioned misinformation, disinformation, and, and, and how is that defined legally? For purposes of this conversation here, in California's AB 2098, disinformation means misinformation that the licensee deliberately disseminated with malicious intent or intent to mislead. And misinformation means false information, now get this, that is contradicted by contemporary scientific consensus contrary to the standard of care. So in other words, basically, they're trying to make it out to be the, where the medical doctors, who don't go along with the CDC, who don't go along with the Fauci that they like, who, are, start listening to Deborah Burks, you know, who got run out at the end of 2020, and now is saying, hey, look, we knew the vaccines weren't going to stop this thing. We knew the va- I mean, we knew that at the CDC. I mean, the, the, well... Now, all of a sudden, she's spreading misinformation because she doesn't line up with what Fauci said, and what Francis Collins said. I mean, it's just, it's mind-boggling, but... I think our fr- brothers and sisters in the medical profession, and we can support them as well, have to fight back in terms of saying, look, how are you defining misinformation and disinformation? What is the so-called consensus here? Because if the consensus is what you see in MSNBC and CNN and Facebook and all the other social media outlets compared to the real medical science numbers that we have been talking about here for the past two and a half years, then you really don't have a leg to stand on. And that's the slippery slope I think John's talking about, that not only mm-hmm. you know it's, gonna, it's here, but it's going to spread into other states because more states are going to say oh well shoot! Well, we don't want to be on the wrong side of a lawsuit here if we could pass a bill like this to control the you know it's Francis Schaeffer 101 who he who controls the word controls the world and so there goes right. the First Amendment there goes free speech I mean not we're not over dramatizing this no it's we're not. in this bill it's actually right. In this bill.
1: right absolutely it is and you know what let's do this because we're at the bottom of the hour and there's a lot more to talk about regarding AB 2098 And if you folks, you want to listen to the second half of the podcast, you can do that right there on your radio station you're listening to. If your radio station does not play the second half, they may play the second half at a different time. So go to uh, the website for your local radio station and look at the programming guide and see when the second half of the podcast plays. You can listen to it then. Or you could just go online and listen to the whole thing right now at CrawfordMediaGroup.net or wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. You can also watch a video of this podcast at myhopenow.com. And we're going to continue the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast coming
0: up next. This has been a Crawford Broadcasting Production.
1: Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with myself, Bob Duco, Bob Duco Show out of Detroit, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado, Roger Marsh, the bottom line for the People's Republic of California, bringing us AB 2098, Uh, Neil Boron having some technical uh, engineering issues, and so uh, Neil is not with us right now, Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York. And we're talking about the implications of AB 2098 in California that would make it illegal for medical doctors to share quote-unquote misinformation with their patients about COVID. Well, we know how misinformation is being defined. It's whatever Fauci and the CDC and the Democrats, what they say is misinformation. Now suddenly doctors would be gagged in their, their conversations with their own patients. And, you know, John, I want to ask you, John Rush, it, to me, the, the chilling aspect of this is not just specifically COVID, but where this where this goes? I mean, I think about private conversations I've had with my medical doctor. I've known mm-hmm. my medical doctor for a long time. Okay, him and I are actually friends. Okay, uh, you know, I I I call him Keith. I don't call him doctor, or whatever, unless I'm in front of other people. Okay, oh, we're friends with you. We'll talk privately. You know, we've had conversations with each other that I know he would never have in public. Okay, he knows I'm a safe person to talk to. But my goodness, this goes a lot farther than just, you know, COVID treatments and ivermectin and masks and whatever? Uh, What about vaccines? Not even COVID vaccines, but uh, parents that are like, you know, I'm concerned that there's maybe a connection between increased autism and childhood vaccines, and so I don't want to get my child the MMR vaccine. What do all of those medical doctors who also have concerns and say look i don't know which way it is for sure but i think there's some legitimate concerns here and so you know to uh, consider consider this here's the upside here's the downside oh well nope that's considered misinformation because the only thing you're allowed to say are childhood vaccines are 100 safe you have nothing to worry about you either toe that line or mm-hmm. we're going to take away your medical license this is really chilling
3: it is and i know there's so many comparisons but and i know this might not be an exact comparison but i i don't think we're this far off. The only difference is we're not singling out doctors because of their race. We're singling them out because of the way they do their medical practice and what they view as being science versus what the other side views. But I want to remind everybody, January 17, 1939, the German government prohibited Jews from working as nurses, veterinarians, holistic practitioners, and dentists. Guys... We are so close to having things like that happen that I believe we're right on the cups of being Germany 1939 if we're not careful.
1: Uh, Roger, how crazy is it that uh, maybe naturopathic and holistic medicine could even potentially be banned in your medical doctors? Look, like I say, my medical, my personal doctor, my family doctor. You know, he has said to me before, you know, I could prescribe this for you, this medication, but you know something, I I think you'd be, I think you'd be fine to go ahead and try this particular holistic naturopathic thing and you know, give this a try and if that doesn't work or whatever. I got to tell you, I I, I think that the day is coming when medical doctors will even be told, here's what you're allowed to prescribe and here's what you're not allowed to prescribe on all kinds of issues.
3: Really quick, guys, you're already starting to see laws and prohibitations on off-label, which is what you're talking about, Bob. where one drug might work for something else. You're starting to see even the states get involved, medical boards get involved, where you can't, and that's partially what they did through COVID, you can't prescribe something that wasn't designed for this in the first place, and unless it is... Is you can't use it. That's off-label drugs. Whew.
2: You know, it's interesting. Roger, to it, talk it, about, it's happening. You know, yeah, it, it certainly is. And we were talking about our doctors and our relationships too. My doctor, as you recall, was Doctor John Chang, who heroically gave his life up in a church shooting about six months ago. Mm, right. And you can only right. imagine. You can only imagine what we used to talk about when we got together. You know, sure. discussed my medical care. So I mean, uh, obviously, each of us has that very strong relationship, and there's that patient-client privilege that I think is sacrosanct. And you know, it, it, it to John's point about. The only thing that is missing here, of course, is the narrative that has been thrown out for the past four or five years is that Donald Trump is actually Adolf Hitler and not Gavin Newsom. So, I mean, the, the left has utterly convinced themselves that if Trump were to propose something like this, and he'd be wrong for doing so, that that's the end of the world and here comes fascism. But when Gavin Newsom does it, he's doing it to, quote-unquote, protect us. I want to read a, pro- a provision that's here in the bill that I think is the, probably the most chilling part of it. Because as we mentioned, this ostensibly is about COVID. Every single part of this mm-hmm. is, uh, is about COVID, except for one part of Section 1. There are seven different provisions. We talked about this earlier, though, about how they acknowledged there was a pandemic, there were so many deaths, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But here's Section, C- uh, Section G, actually. It's the seventh yep. part. In House Resolution Number 74 of the 2021 regular session, California State Assembly declared health misinformation to be a public health crisis and urged the state hmm. of California to commit appropriately combating health misinformation and curbing the spread of falsehoods that threaten the health and safety of Californians. There's not one mention in there of COVID, and remember the severability part. A state, a appellate a, a court, a district court could find the other six parts wrong, or the other yep, five or six parts wrong, and then come up with this one and say, "But we're going to uphold this one just because any of those other parts is wrong. We're upholding this one, and because it's now broadened to health misinformation." Quote yep. And yep. That's that's the slippery slope. There you that's go. That's the little place where the camel gets the nose under the tent. I mean that that's where it all comes down to because now it's not just a it starts out as a covid bill it will be sold to californians as a covid bill but the reality is now it's any Health misinformation. So now we get into vaccines. Now we get into treatments. You mentioned the naturopathic doctors. My daughter, who's studying in the health profession, sees a a naturopathic doctor, and and they talk about alternative forms of treatment all the time. Things that that deviate from the 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 standard level of care. So now here's big pharma lined up saying, "Hey, well, our pills are going to get the one, you know, be the ones going to be recommended, and it will now be a state law you can't recommend anything else." Oh my! I mean, the, mm. the 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 possibilities here are frightening and endless.
3: It's endless. It's endless, it, Roger. It, Literally, it's endless. It
1: it, it really is. And, and by the way, can I just say, okay, when it comes to misinformation, uh, and you hear us talking about preborn and donating money there and whatever. Uh, you know something? An unborn baby is a human being. That is not misinformation, okay? Medically, scientifically, that baby is alive. And can I also say a woman is pregnant from the moment of, uh, of fertilization of that egg. Uh, we've already seen a lot of the medical uh, profession try to redefine pregnancy to claim that you're not really pregnant until that fertilized egg implants in the uterine wall. Well, that is a flat-out lie. That's why a lot of these abortion drugs that, hey, it just keeps uh, the fertilized egg from from implanting, then therefore that's contraception and not an abortifacient. No, it is an abortifacient. What do you think an ectopic pregnancy is? Okay, that is a pregnancy. Uh, So there's a lot of misinformation in many areas, folks. And when it does come to the unborn, Remember, you hear us talking about preborn all the time. We're going to keep on reminding you donate that $280 to preborn, okay? And save 10 babies' lives. You can go right now to crawfordmediagroup.net and click on the preborn tab and donate right there, or just give them a call at 833 850 BABY and donate $280 right over the phone. And that'll save 10 babies' lives showing these ultrasound images. But listen, I do want to make a special appeal to any business owners that are out there if you own a business run a business or maybe just God has blessed you financially and you don't own a business but you're doing well financially fifteen thousand dollars buys one ultrasound machine for pre-born they partner all across the country with pro-life centers that ultrasound machine will save the lives literally of thousands and thousands of babies what a legacy that would be for your business are there some business owners out there that could use a $15,000 tax write-off for this year, 100% of that 15 grand goes right to uh, buy the ultrasound machine, not a dime for overhead. Would you buy an ultrasound machine for pre-born so there's one more out there on the market to save thousands of babies' lives? Would you consider doing that right now? Again, go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the preborn tab, and you can donate right there as we continue our discussion on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast about AB 2098 out of California and the implications that this will have. Uh, Roger, hey, let's really, think about Really quick, where, I have a question for both yeah, you guys
3: before we move on. Yeah, want to. I, I, yeah. I want to know, because uh, I don't think most people understand this one either. How long do you think bloodletting lasted? How, how hmm. long was that practice around?
1: Oh, goodness. Uh, cup 2000 years maybe i don't know if i 3000 years I just,
3: starting with the egyptians went all the way up through the greeks the romans the arabs the asians and then all the way up until of course the middle ages and was around mm-hmm. even up into uh mm-hmm. not 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 much uh, about, about the ni- late 19th century is when we finally discredited it so my question is if science would just say, well, you know what? That's always been the way it's done. We know that's the treatment. We know we can't vary from that. So you better not come up with new- anything new because we're not going to approve it anyways. You, how many people would have continued to die if they hadn't come up with actual proper cures versus bloodletting, which we all know is not a cure?
1: Yeah, You know what? That's a very good point. And by the way, can I just... Add to that that the reason that bloodletting was done for so long is because conventional wisdom was that death was in the blood. if somebody was sick, that's if right. somebody was dying, that's it right. was because the blood that was in them is what was carrying the death. However, medically, we now know that life is in the He's blood it 's the blood, the blood right. that carries the oxygen and nutrients yeah, right. and everything else throughout the body, so life is in the blood isn 't it interesting that thousands of years ago when scripture was written, we were told that life is in the blood, which was really counter to conventional right. wisdom. People had to be reading that going, that doesn't make sense. But, of course, the Holy Spirit knew what he was talking about uh, in that. Now, it's a very good point, John. I mean, if you think about it, uh, there are constantly new alternative treatments and methods. Which and we people, want. Things that people learn. Yeah, that's, that's supposed to be a good thing. That's right. Uh, so, actually, if you think about it, this really stops medical innovation, it really does, because who wants to be that doctor to stick his neck out Why and say, bother? hey, here's an, yeah, here's an alternate therapy, an alternate treatment. Right. It goes against the grain of conventional wisdom. Well, hey, you know what, then that's misinformation, we're going to shut you down. Uh, when, and by the way, the bloodletting blood went on take? so
3: long because a individual by the name of Galen, Galen maybe I'm pronouncing that wrong, Wrote about two million words about bloodletting. To Roger's point earlier, the power of the pen is what kept bloodletting going. What, what what kept it going for as long as it did was literally that power of the pen. Back to Roger's point a moment ago.
1: Right. By the way, let me let me throw in something a little bit a little bit off topic, but slightly connected. I just want to get a little apologetic in there because I, I love doing stuff like this. Uh, medically. We now know that uh, when, when, when your blood clots, what causes it to clot is an agent in your body called prothrombin. Okay, uh, prothrombin is produced by vitamin K. So if you have a vitamin K deficiency, that means you have less prothrombin. That means when you cut yourself, your blood doesn't clot as quickly. Well, newborn babies, when they 're born, they have a deficient amount of vitamin k that 's the reason why when a hospital circumcises a baby on the day they 're born, that hospital first gives the baby a vitamin K shot that 's to produce increased prothrombin so that when they cut that baby boy that he won 't you know, bleed too much. okay However, what we now know medically is that prothrombin levels increase after you're born and they hit a certain peak point where they're at 110% of the normal prothrombin levels and then they go down and for the rest of your life they kind of level off. We now medically know the peak point for prothrombin is 8 days after a baby's been born. Mm. That's when that's when mm-hmm. if you cut a child 8 mm-hmm. days after they're born, their blood will clot faster than any time in their entire life, we now know that medically, that's only been discovered within the last hundred years. Isn't it interesting that the it's Bible, thousands of years ago, yeah. instructed yep. Abraham and Israel uh, circumcise your babies specifically on the eighth, eighth day, day after Amazing. they're born? Amazing! You know, some, uh, don't tell me the Bible's just a collection of writings Amen. from a bunch of goat herders. Amen. It oh. really is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Anyway. Sorry, guys. I, just, no, I was, was thinking perfect. about that. Oh, I'm like, no, that's but, perfect. You know, Proves it, our point. But. But you know what? It really does. And Roger, uh, let's maybe go a little bit farther in the point John's making here about bloodletting and such, because this does matter. There, there are new medical discoveries that are made all the time, and it seems to me we're going to intimidate, we're going to intimidate pioneers from sticking their neck out to experiment on specific uh, medical technologies and advances, because if it goes against, if if it's not Fauci approved, then you're in trouble.
2: Yeah, that whole consensus line really just sends a chill down my spine because I think about my open heart surgery four and a half years ago and the fact that if I had had that same problem 10 years prior, there was not a procedure for me. But it was around 2011, some doctors at the University of Miami started doing this experimental surgery with the valve replacement and the ascending aorta replacement at the same time. And by the time 2018 rolled around, the guy who was doing my surgery had done 400 of them. But how how many times do we see a medical... Professionals asking the question, I wonder if, you know, what would happen if we did this? And look at, the, I mean, look at neonatal care. I mean, bottom line, has been on for 11 years. Over the mm-hmm. past 11 years, look at the viability rate of young children in the womb when we started doing TBL, if you had a kid that was born anywhere prior to say 26, 27 weeks, they had a slim chance of survival. If they did, 80% of them had some kind of medical challenge. Uh, now, viability is around 22 weeks, 23 weeks, and the kids are coming out great. I mean, they spend some time in NICU, but modern medical technology has advanced to the point where people are asking questions, what can we do to help these little guys and gals uh, survive? You know, speaking of misinformation, can we throw this one back on the left and see what happens here? George Barna's recent research with regard to adoption as being an option for uh, whether or not to abort a child in an unplanned pregnancy and something like 55 percent of Christian women, let alone women outside the church, did not know that adoption was an option. If adoption is a very viable option for women who are facing a crisis pregnancy, why is the left exempting all the abortion clinics from promoting it? I mean, Planned Parenthood last year performed over 383,000 abortions. You know how many adoption referrals they gave out? 1,900. Okay, so you want to talk yeah. about misinformation and disinformation? Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to say we w- we're recommending for COVID patients you try ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, whatever it is. At the same time, though, this is the same crowd that says, go ahead and use Lupron, an 8-year-old boy, you know, and turn him into a right. girl. There's nothing right. wrong there. We're going to chemically right. castrate him. Mm. That's not what that's, that's approved right. for, but that's what it's being used for. And then when it comes to adoption, I hear... The Katie Porter ads running for Congress here in Orange County and, and she said well we're, we're fighting for a woman's right to abort her child it's like wait when have you ever been a champion for the third option you know, you're either going to abort the child, right. you're going to raise the child as a parent, or you're going to release that child for adoption. Isn't that the same kind of medical malpractice and the disinformation, the, the disinformation, misinformation right. that the mm-hmm. licensee deliberately disseminated with malicious intent or intent to mislead, to tell these women that they don't have any options other than killing right. the kid? I mean, so and how, how, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, yes? I, I,
1: Roger, I'll tell you what the 1900. Uh, the 1,900 adoption referrals of Planned Parenthood gave also. You talk to any Planned Parenthood clinic director, or we'll say former clinic director, I guarantee you those 1,900 referrals only happened because the Planned Parenthood people inside were not able to successfully close the deal for an abortion. Because right. there are women that go to, to, to Planned Parenthood thinking that's their only option, and they have no intention of getting an abortion. They're just like, I need to plan for my parenthood. Okay? And they're like, no, 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 you get an abortion. And if they're not able to close the deal, yeah, but can't I I guarantee you the overwhelming majority of those are women who said, how can I do adoption? Because I want to do adoption. Isn't there some place I can go for adoption? No, I don't want to get an abortion. I want to go, well, okay, here's where you can go for an adoption. That's going to happen 1900 times out of 400,000. Uh, and so this is not even how lopsided that ratio is. Planned Parenthood is not uh, recommending adoption to anybody who's on the fence. That's just a last resort for Planned Parenthood. And by the way, if I can also say on a side note, with the unborn, do you know that if a uh, a twenty week old baby, if a twenty week old baby inside the womb is operated on, they give anesthesia to that baby. However, they don't give anesthesia to that baby if mm-hmm. they go ahead and rip his arms mm-hmm. and legs off mm-hmm. in an abortion or mm-hmm. burn him alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about how twisted and sick that is. And, and by the way, just as a reminder, folks, this is one more reason why, if you haven't donated a preborn yet, I mean, seriously, Amen. get on board with all of us, okay? $280 will save 10 babies' lives. That will stop 10 gruesome bloody abortions. Uh, is that worth $280 to you? Go right now to net. click on the preborn tab and you can donate right there online. All right, net. click on preborn. And also, if you want to donate over the phone, they answer the phones 24/7. So call right now 833 850 baby. Remember they do this by showing ultrasound images of unborn babies to the moms. And those moms choose life 80% of the time when they see an ultrasound image of the baby. But it takes money to do this. And that's why we ask you for $28 times however many babies' lives you can save. Do 10, it's 280. If you want to save 100 babies' lives, do 2,800. It's all a tax write-off. And Preborn's been around for a long time, folks, partnering with crisis pro-life pregnancy centers all across America. It's a tremendous organization. So get on board, everybody. CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on Preborn as we kind of wind down this National Crawford Roundtable podcast. So great point you brought up there, uh, John, and uh, about medical technology and advances and everything else. In our last segment, uh, I-, I want to talk about parents and parental rights and their children Mm -hmm. and what effect this California's AB 2098 will have not just on California parents but also ultimately on all the rest of us because as we said before what happens in California California is not Vegas okay it's not what happens in California stays in California what happens in California goes across the country and so uh, I'm really concerned that That this will set the stage, AB 2098, so that, guys, I, I know it sounds like hyperbole, but five years from now, if even that, I would not be a bit surprised if parents in Colorado, in Michigan, in New York, in Iowa, if parents will now suddenly... Not be able to make certain health decisions for their doctors, or the, because the doctors will not be able to advise in certain areas, and the doctors will be limited in what it is they're allowed to say. This doesn't just have to do with vaccines. This has to do with various kinds of, of treatments. Even if if the CDC says uh, for a child who has the sniffles, they have to get this, they have to be prescribed this. If a child is depressed, well, they have to be. Uh, they have to get Xanax. They have to. We're deciding that your child has ADHD. Well, no. I don't think they do they just want nope they do and the government is telling me that this has to be prescribed to you and therefore it has to be prescribed and if you as the parent if you deny that prescription if you deny putting those drugs or those antidepressants or whatever uh, putting your kids on those if you deny Whatever the doctor tells you out of his textbook, your child now has to be diagnosed with. Then you, as a parent, could now be accused of child abuse by denying necessary life-saving medical care for your child, and you'll be lumped in with that radical parent who refuses to give insulin to their diabetic child because they say no. I'm, you know, I, I mean, I, I really, honestly believe that we are on the precipice of parents. Losing control and the, the the right to even be parents of their children because they're accused of abuse. Next time a COVID comes along, hey, it doesn't matter that COVID wasn't deadly at all, relatively speaking, for children. Doesn't matter. The CDC says it is. You have to treat it accordingly. If not, you're now abusing your child. You're risking their life. Not to mention the whole transgenderism yep. thing, gender confusion issues and such. So, I think we are facing. Uh, John I got to tell you some really scary times over the course of the next few years and, yeah, and AB2098 entire- takes us a big step further
3: People should read the entire year in Germany in 1939 to look at all of the things that Hitler and his party did. I, I think it would, it would wake some folks up. It would let them probably scare some because the, the dichotomy of where we are today in relation to that is really, really scary. No, it's not exactly the same, but in some ways it's cloaked and it is exactly the same if you just dig a little deeper
1: you know what it it really is and i you know roger i I think about the the rights that parents are we're watching them being eroded before our very eyes uh but i i do think that that day is coming and ab 2098 just moves us farther down this road roger where where parents are are basically being told by a medical doctor Uh, First of all, I have to talk to your five-year-old alone with mom and dad not in the room. Uh, No, you can't do that. Well, too bad. The government says I can, and if you don't give me the right to do that, then we'll take your child away for suspected child abuse. And then the doctor talks to the child and then concludes, you know something? I think this child is gender, uh, gender confused or transgender or the other gender, and so parents have to comply. And if they don't comply, and if you deny puberty blockers and everything else, you're abusing your child at this point and your child is taken away so I think this is where we're going I really do Uh but you know something Roger and I'll give you the last word on this because we're kind of winding this down as a pastor we take heart because number one we know Jesus is going to return it's not going to be too long but number two He's still Lord, and God is still on his throne, and we shouldn't be surprised. The world is going to continue to move more and more ungodly. It's supposed to be as it was in the days of Lot, as it was in the days of Noah before Jesus returns. And so, on one hand, it's chilling to think this is going to be happening to parental rights, but on the other hand, it's comforting to know God's not caught by surprise, but that doesn't mean we don't keep on fighting until Jesus returns.
2: I think one of the reasons why this is so shocking to all of us is what you just mentioned, Bob, the fact that we know the way, the truth, and the life. We know that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, was with God from the beginning. We know that the truth of God will set us free and has set us free from our sin. We know the depravity that we are capable of as human beings, and we know what we've been delivered from. And so now when you see people in positions of authority, I think about that scenario you just described. And I have a five-year-old grandson right now. I can't imagine any doctor talking to Isaac and having coming away with the conclusion that my grandson told him he wants to be a girl. Maybe a robot or a space alien, but not certainly not a girl right now. But at the same time, it doesn't matter what the kid says. It matters what the, matters what the doctors say and what the law says right now. And so we're going into some very confusing times. At the same time, they're very strategic times, too, because we now know, I mean, the enemy isn't trying to hide anymore. I mean, there, the, Satan's been very deceptive, you know, that angel of light trying to be attractive and appealing for so long. Now it's just raisin. It's right out in front of us. And so the question is, what are we standing on? And isn't it comforting to know that even though we do have to face these challenging times, Uh, we have a firm foundation upon which we can stand. We have the truth of God's righteousness on our side. We're being made in His image and that's the blessing and the curse of living in this world, the blessing of knowing that we're being sanctified and being made more like Jesus, but the curse of also knowing too that if you walk in and you're smelling clean and everybody else has been used to filth and squalor for such a long time, that all of a sudden they go, wow, what's that smell? It doesn't smell right to me. It doesn't look right, right. to me. <laughs> you know, we are going to stand right. out. So let it. Let I mean, let's lock arms. I mean, we've we've got yeah, the we've got the tools yeah. to fight the battle. We we could do this side by side, back to back, face to face, whatever we have to do. But ultimately, not lose sight of the fact that because God so loved the world and gave His only begotten Son for our right. sin. So that we can have that that clarity, we now have the Great Commission, which is go into all the world and preach that gospel. So uh, that's just, right. It, there's there's no subtle way to do it now. It's going to be very. Uh, how do we do it with we do it with compassion? We do it with gentleness and respect. Uh, Peter tells us, but but we have to do it. And so now's right. the time. Uh, it's a call. Well, to you arm, know what?
1: Sure. Well, we we fight. We don't we don't stop fighting. We fight things like AB twenty ninety eight, and we hope that we are victorious in these fights, but our hope is not in our victory in these fights. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. There is a difference Amen. between the two. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, where in the world does the time go? We're at the end of this podcast. We appreciate all of you folks listening. We do. Uh, don't forget you can listen to past episodes of the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast at CrawfordMediaGroup.net or Apple Podcast Stitcher. Tune in wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also watch video of our podcasts at MyHopeNow.com. And... Uh, Roger Marsh, the bottom line from the People's Republic of California, AB 2098, brought to you by Roger Marsh. No, I'm just kidding. John Rush, Rush to (laughs) Reason, Denver, Colorado. Uh, Neil Braun, Neil Braun, live out of Buffalo, New York. Look forward to having Neil back with us next week. Myself, Bob Duco out of Detroit. Guys, always great catching up with you. Thanks a lot, and uh, look forward to next week. Same. Likewise, Bob, thanks. You bet. We'll see you. Thanks for listening, everybody. God
0: bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. A view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need, 80% of the time she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to save babies now. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at myhopenow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app. And look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.